Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Are you somebody who's trying to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you're looking for like-minded people? Well, my next guest is just for you. He is Jared Easley, the co-founder of Podcast Movement, one of the biggest podcast conventions in the U.S. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios Presents Stories. Today on the show, a very special podcaster's edition, I am joined with Gerald, Jared Easley, one of the co-founders of Podcast Movement. Welcome to the show, Jared. Thank you, Reed. I'm uh, excited to chat with you today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll talk about the podcast movement itself. Sure. Uh I basically started podcasting in 2013, and I wasn't really interested in blogging, and I thought it might be fun to record conversations with people I could learn from, and uh, I guess similar to what you're doing. And um, so I gave that a try and I fell in love with it. And in that process, I realized, hey, I want to learn some more. I want to get some better understanding on how I can do some and you know certain things, accomplish certain goals. And there wasn't really any conferences out there that had a lot of content on that topic. There was one, uh, but it wasn't focused on podcasting. It was focused on uh, blogging, YouTube, social media. Uh, podcasting was just a small little corner of the uh, event overall. But it was at that event where my business partner, Dan Franks, and I uh, realized, hey, uh, there's a need for just a specific conference for podcast uh podcasting uh, where podcasters or prospective podcasters could come and, and learn from each other. And that inspired us to create a conference or attempt to create a conference called <laughs> podcast movement. Uh, so long story short, yeah, we, we uh, didn't have any background in that. We didn't have any notoriety in podcasting. We didn't have any big email list. We started from absolute scratch from zero and um, somehow uh, by the grace of God, we've been able to do this, and and uh, we had our first event in 2014. We just did our uh, most recent event in uh, Dallas. Uh, now it's you know 2022 as of this recording. So yeah, we've been doing this for several years, and it's uh, it's just been an, an amazing thing, uh, and and to see how the community has uh, been more collaborative and uh, overall working together. That's just an exciting thing. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Do you remember your first guest? <laughs> okay so that's that's a little, little bit of a trick question reed I, I like i like that question uh because the um release of my episodes was not in the same order that i recorded them <laughs> so i recorded a number of interviews before i actually actually launched the podcast mm -hmm. so the first recording the first interview that i did ended up not being an episode until I'm sad to say it might've been like 30 episodes in it was, it was, and, and a part of that was head trash read. I, I was like, well, I wasn't very good on that interview because I was so new and, and I was just starting out and I got a little bit better as I did several interviews. So I wanted some of those other interviews to be my, my first episodes. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I didn't sound as uh, green or as new, if you will. Um, so yes, I do remember my, my, um, my first 
official guest, but that was not my first official episode. And uh, I prefer not to name them just, okay. <laughs> just because I don't want to like uh, people to go and look that episode up and be like, oh, wow, this guy was really bad. But I was at the time. <laughs> how, well, how were you when you on your very first show? Were you nervous? Were you anxious? <sighs> yeah, I think uh, without a doubt. Um, and, and the person I was interviewing was very calm and, and cool and uh, very friendly and someone that I knew. Uh, of I did not know them mm -hmm. in person at that time. I know them now, uh, but yeah. So I, I was a little bit nervous, but I did some research, and I felt like I asked some pretty decent questions given the circumstances, and I, I think I handled it about as good as anybody could be in their first podcast interview. But I think most most podcasters kind of go through that to some degree, uh, even if you're just really really confident. You know, starting something new is always a learning process. Now you said you and your partner started um, pod, podcast move in 2014. Do you guys remember your first, or do you remember your first keynote speaker? <sighs> Let me think about that for a second. So the first keynote speaker was a guy named Chris Brogan. And uh, Chris is less involved with podcasting now than he was back then. I believe he still has a podcast. I know he does a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. He does a lot of stuff, uh, online um social media and so forth he's a, a really uh, excellent writer written several books that i really in, enjoy and um yeah so at the time the way that we were able to book him was he had a book that he had released and so we worked with someone kind of like a sponsor type deal where we were able to buy or purchase a certain number of books and as a part of that purchase he agreed that he would come to our event and uh, do our keynote our first our opening keynote and so we were real delighted uh being a new event with no reputation and <laughs> no, no yeah no uh um yeah we just weren't very established at that point so to to not be very established and not have a, a you know extensive background in podcasting and uh, less connections, all those things to be able to have someone like Chris Brogan come and, and uh, be at that event and open, open up. Uh, we were very excited about that. And he did a great job. Now, what, now what is the difference for those who want to go to your po podcast movement? What's the difference between the podcast movement and podcast movement evolution? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. So podcast movement is like a choose your own adventure. It's a lot of different stages and different, um, tracks, if you will. So you can, you can, um, go to sessions that are about creating content and go to sessions that are about, uh, monetization of your work. You can go to sessions that are about, Hey, I want to get into video. Um, there's sessions about marketing. Hey, I want to be better at promoting my podcast. There's sessions that uh, also include things like uh, social issues. Um, so th there's, you know, a lot of different paths that you can take uh, the technical aspect if you want to be a better editor. So th there's just all these different tracks that really focus in on those specific topics. And when you buy a ticket to podcast movement, you can go to a session that's about monetization. And then the next group of sessions, you can totally veer away from monetization. You can go to something else. You can go to something about marketing or you can go to a panel. that's uh, talking about creative ways to engage with your audience 
or how to grow your show. Uh, so that that's something that's really cool about podcast movement. Um, Evolutions, which came several years later, um, was a response to not having a lot of representation in events on the West Coast. And so we were trying to figure out a way to, hey, let's let's have an event that's more focused and based on the West Coast. So we had our first two events in Los Angeles. Our third evolutions, uh, which is coming up in March of 2023, will be in Las Vegas, which we're excited about. Um, mm-hmm. The difference between evolutions and podcast movement is evolutions is more of a uh, ticket that you purchase and the, the content of that um, that ticket allows you to have access to is, is more based on where you are as a podcaster. So an example mm-hmm. would be, we have an industry track where people that work in the industry for podcasting, they likely get a ticket to that industry track and all the sessions in there about industry topics, industry related things that are important for uh, anybody that's working in the space. We have a professional podcasters uh, option where someone who's been doing this for several years, uh, they don't need to know, okay, how do I start a podcast? (laughs) They need to know some very specific things on where they are in that journey. And so all of the sessions for the event cover topics related to that person that that's uh, more professional that's been doing it for for longer period of time. And then we have a, a, like a creator pass, a beginner pass. And that's for someone who's still kind of new and all of the sessions there kind of focus on uh, topics and pain points for people that are, um, you know, really uh, still kind of starting out and, and, um, uh, needing a little bit of understanding, needing a little more help and some things. And, and so we're really proud of it. It's a great event. I mean, both events are great. And, um, you know, no, no matter which one someone were to attend, they would be uh, likely to, to get a, a lot out of it and make a lot of connections. Uh, the community's just s- super gracious and, and, and kind. And, and um, it's, a, it's a very, very awesome community. So I, I think the bare minimum read is people would go to a podcast movement event and they'd walk away encouraged. They'd have some good insight on what to do next. And they'd also made a lot of friends, uh, people that have encouraged them and, and have said, you know, tell me about your show and, and, Oh, that's great. And have you considered this idea? Uh, just, just people that, that are in the thick of it with you and, and they're in the trenches and they understand. So it's, it's nice to be around your people and, and podcast mm-hmm. movement, uh, is that type of community and that type of environment is, you walk away and say, Hey, I met this person who's actually in the same city as me. And so now I have a friend who's doing this too. And, and, um, I can, you know, have lunch with them or we can set up a, you know, calls every so often, check on each other and help each other. And so friendships are made and, uh, and they become almost like a, it's like a family reunion really read. There's people that come back every year and they see these friends that they saw the previous event and, um, kind of pick right up where they left off, <laughs> you know? So it's, mm-hmm. um, I think that's the expectation. That's what's realistic. And then um, there's a lot of really good providers that um, exhibit and that sponsor the events. So you learn about different things that you might not have known about. You might not have known that there are certain mics or there are certain tools or there are certain Mm -hmm. software options uh, that will help you with whatever it is that you're, you know, working on in the moment. So that that's another thing that's really cool about it is, is you, you get exposed to a number of things. You'd be like, Hey, I didn't know about this, or this is something that I'm interested in. I need to learn more. And so you can potentially uh, connect with other um, companies that are in the space that can help you with uh, different things that you want to work on. Yeah. Do you remember your very first celebrity speaker? You guys <laughs> yes, ever I- booked? 
Yes, I do. Uh, so the the we the second year that we did the event, uh, we we overspent on uh, keynote speakers, um, which ended up biting us in the behind later. Uh, but the, <laughs> the first uh, the first option or uh, that first what we would consider celebrity keynote that agreed to speak mm-hmm. uh, was Sarah Koenig with Serial. And Serial was a really big, 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 big podcast several years back. I mean, it still is, but it but it was really big when it first came out. And so to be able to have Sarah agree to come and speak at our event was just a phenomenal thing. She, she was the closing keynote that second year. And we also, that second year, we had Mark Marin who does the WTF podcast. He had, he had just done the interview with president Barack Obama at the time and in his garage. And so that was a really big story that was going around podcasting at the time. And so that was fun. I uh, just, uh, and Mark's a comedian by trade. So he's, you know, really funny. And uh, so it was exciting to see, uh, him. And then we also had Aisha Tyler who was at that. Mm. She's been the host of whose line is it anyway? She's been on, uh, I think it's the, the view or the talk. I forget which, I think it might've been the on, talk. Um, no, she's the, the host of, um, well, she used to be on those shows. Um, yeah. I don't know if she still is with, um, the, Oh God. What was it? Um, well, so she also at the time the, had a podcast. Um, uh, my mind is drawing a blank. Uh, whose line? Well, whose line is it anyway? She's she's definitely hosted that. I'm not sure if she's still the host, but she she has, and but but she had a podcast at the time that was really good, and I don't think she does it anymore. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. Um, but yeah, she, she was she was excellent actually. She was a girl on guy. That was the name of her podcast. So I don't know if she's still doing it or not. Uh, looks like no. It looks like she came out with an episode in, in 2021. So that was September. So that's several months. That, that was a year ago, actually. Um, so it looks like she has come out with something. But that that, that being said, uh, the following year, you know, we had Kevin Smith, who was Silent Bob, and yeah, we, we we've been. I can I can name a lot of others since then. Uh, Will Ferrell and uh, yeah, Mark Cuban, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, we've had we've had a number of just amazing, gracious people that have been on the stage that have, have shared their experience and um and he, you know some of the best talks aren't even you know the celebrities some of them like dan carlin who does hardcore history he spoke one year he was phenomenal um so there, there's been a lot of really amazing uh podcasters that have been very kind and have um come to our events and, and spoken and um yeah we we absolutely love podcasting and we love being able to um, share with our community these these various people who are um, making big things happen, uh, making bigger things happen, and, and learning lessons along the way. And so, yeah, we, we've had a lot of wonderful podcasters that have come through, and I hope that'll continue. Yeah, I've seen you. You also had one of the biggest names in bro- broadcast interviewing. You had Terry Gross one year. Oh my goodness, yes, Terry Gross uh, spoke when we were in Philadelphia, and she was fantastic. Um, did such a great job, and and such a kind person. And um, she she is, in my opinion, probably the best interviewer I've ever heard. Um, so anybody that that came that year was was really excited, uh, and and it was a treat to to be able to hear from her. Uh, but but I, I always tell people if, if you're doing an interview podcast, it's to your benefit to, um, you know, listen to other interview shows and specifically uh, listen to some of Terry Gross's content, because she's, in my opinion, probably one of the best interviewers I've heard in podcasting or in radio. So, yes, yeah, she knows what she's doing. She's excellent. 
So what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's new in the podcasting industry who wants to get guests on their show? I mean, because I know it's a hard struggle. I I know for me, finding guests is kind of one of the hardest things I have, especially if I want to get almost an A-lister or somebody who's in the B-list, because it's hard to find publicists and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I think, um, it, it, the first thing is don't be discouraged. Um, if, if the person that you'd really like to have on your show is not available or you're having trouble getting access to them, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to eventually figure that out and be able to have them on, on your show. I've seen a lot of examples of that, by the way. Um, but I, I would think in, in the beginning, um, some strategies that were helpful to, to me and, and many others is, um, kind of look for the people that want to be on podcast. And, and so examples of that could be if your particular topic in this case, um, autism, if, if you go on to, um, Amazon, you just look at some of the books that are more recent that have come out on that topic, uh, you're going to find some authors, maybe they're not as well known, but uh, Mm -hmm. maybe they're newer authors that have written a book. They want to promote that book. So if you invite them to be a guest on your podcast, they're likely going to want to do it just because it's, it's helpful to them. It's, it's helpful to them to be able to share about their, their book. It's helpful to them to have a backlink, uh, from your podcast to their, you know, uh, website or whatever they're doing. Uh, so people like that are, are a good per- person to reach out to someone who's, who's wanting to promote their work. Um, and they're wanting to do it in a way that's uh, going to be a benefit to your audience. I think uh, those are good people to reach out to. Um, now, certainly there's some authors that are way up the mountain and you may never be able to get to them and that's okay. Uh, but the best time to go for those types of people or when they have a book out, when they have something they're promoting, and it's not just authors. If somebody has got a new thing that they're doing that, uh, they're pushing and they're promoting, that's a really good time to try to ask for an interview because, um, it doesn't guarantee that you'll get them, but it, it definitely increases the possibility of you being able to talk to them. There's, uh, been numerous, um, situations where somebody told me, Hey, I, I can't do this. I, I, I'm not available to do this right now, but I have this book or I have this thing that's coming out and, uh, this time frame, And when that happens, uh, let's, let's connect again. And, and I've been able to end up interviewing people that originally they weren't available, but then later on they were when they were in uh, promotion mode. Uh, mm-hmm. another, another good idea is to look on YouTube and see, okay, who does YouTube channels that are on similar topics? Mm-hmm. Um, reach out to those folks. Um, see if, if they'd be gracious to do an interview, a lot of them will, um, uh, you know, and then maybe they're even, um, kind enough to, also promote your podcast in addition. So that's a nice way to, to get some cross promotion there. Um, I've gone to Facebook groups and groups online like LinkedIn or Twitter or what, you know, whatever social media options that you're on look and see are there groups, are there communities for the topic that you do and see if you can get the admin of that topic or that group uh, to be on your show because sometimes they'll promote it in the, in the group, you know, so it's a way to, to get some additional uh, visibility for your show. So those, those are a couple of ways. They're not the only ways. Um, if, if that's still a challenge, you know, uh, the, the, I think a good story is always uh, something that you could focus on. So you can find somebody who's in the, in the thick of uh, navigating circumstances where maybe it's the parents of someone who's worked, you know, with someone, uh, maybe it's, it's a professional, maybe it's a, a, a person who has that struggle, uh, but you share their stories and, and really good stories, I think, is um, something that you just can't um, 
you can't beat. So if you, if you can get really good stories, even if it's, uh, you know, from people that aren't famous, it's just somebody who's going through the situation or have been, are familiar with it. I can speak to that and, and they can share some stories. I think a lot of people resonate with that as well. So, um, don't be discouraged if you don't get that, that super big name person right out of the gate. I think, uh, you know, just be focused on how can I capture really good stories? How can I feature mm-hmm. people that are doing good work or have uh, been through the thick of the thick of this, they understand it and, and share their stories. And I think what you'll do is you'll, you'll over time, you'll, you'll just have a network of people that really appreciate you and they'll want to help promote you. Yeah. I mean, I remember once I had a guy, who I reached out to and said, Hey, I would love to have you on my show. And he goes, well, I'm promoting my book right now. Have you read my book? And I'm like, no, I haven't read it yet. And he's like, well, then I don't want to be on your show. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I mean, that's one of the things people need to learn how to deal with is rejection. How do you deal with like a guest telling you, no, I don't want to come on your show. I've dealt with it many, many times, man. (laughs) It it bothers me less now. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's it's true. You know, someone who's uh, in demand and and has a lot going on, they're, you know, they're busy people. And um, if they don't know you, they may not. they may not uh, make the time or be willing to make the time right now, or they can't make the time. Uh, so in that case, I think, you know, don't, don't, don't look at that as a negative, just say, okay, what, what can I do? Um, could I share an episode about this, what this person's working on, even though they're not a guest, can I uh, talk about some of the things they're doing and then kind of tag them and post uh, after the fact so that they see I'm, I'm trying to help promote them. Um, another thing that, that I tried one time that was <laughs> kind of interesting is, um, I couldn't get the particular person to be a guest at that time, but I could get their executive assistant to be yeah. a guest. And that's something not a lot of podcasters think of, uh, but the executive assistant, a lot of these people that are, you know, pretty well known and, and doing big things, they have really good insights on what that person's doing. And, um, they may not open up the, uh, <laughs> they may not open up the curtain and show you everything, but they, they can speak to a lot of things. Uh, so you can create questions that aren't just, uh, talking about who they work for, but just, uh, questions to them about the industry and about their different things they were dealing with. And you can learn a lot from them and then be on their good side, become their friend. And then later, uh, they say, Hey, I've got this friend Reed. Uh, you should be on his podcast. They tell that to their client or whatever. And then, you know, that can open up a door for you to end up getting that big guest mm-hmm. that, that initially told you no. Uh, so those are some ideas. It doesn't mean they'll always work, but uh, I've tried a few of those and I've had some luck with it. And how do you deal? Um, how do you deal with like rejecting yourself? I mean, dealing with, especially with, when you guys are going for a big keynote speaker or just a general speaker and they just tell, tell you guys flat out, no, I don't want to do it. What do you, do you guys have a backup of other guests that you keep in mind for your keynotes and your other spit sessions? Yeah. Well, I mean, we always have, um, kind of a team dialogue and determine, Hey, it'd be nice if, if we could do this. And if we can't, uh, have this particular person who are some other people that might be able to uh, be a good fit. So we, we kind of come up with, you know, various lists and, and then we, um, you know, kind of go from there. And, and um, I think the, the further your podcast is established, mm-hmm. 
the more the more that you have uh, a body of work of episodes, people can look at that and say, okay, uh, Reed is is serious. He's somebody that is uh, super kind and, and generous and, and giving to this community and he's, he's supporting people that are doing good work and i think when they see that they, that makes them more comfortable and more excited about the idea of uh being a guest so that's been our experience with podcast movement after several years of doing it people now realize hey this is a good event and this is something that the community supports and it does make sense to come and be a part of this uh, that wasn't always the case in the beginning but it's the case now. And I think that's a, a commitment, you know, that our team made just to really try to uh, foster community, try to do what's right by everybody and uh, try to create the best possible conference we could create. And I think over time now people have a lot more trust in our work uh, because they've seen, you know, several years of mm -hmm. it uh, versus just a one-time thing. Now, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's up and coming and wants to do a podcast, but just, doesn't know where to start yeah that's man that was me uh so when i first started i are wanting to start i waited an entire year read because i thought i didn't have the money to do it <laughs> and it was only later that i learned about certain microphones that were mm -hmm. uh, still very high quality but very affordable uh for me that was the audio technica 2100 uh the latest version of that mic is the audio technica 2100x um, so uh, you can check Amazon, you know, depending on where you live and, um, you know, you might be able to get that, get that microphone for $60 or something. And, and if somebody really wants to podcast $60, well, yeah, well, that could be a lot for some, but, but you could, you could figure out how to get $60. You could do a yard sale and get $60. So, uh, that microphone really helped me cause it was USB and XLR. It allowed me to connect mm -hmm. to my laptop through the USB port. And, um, once I had that mic, it was, it was really just okay, I don't really have any reason not to do this. Uh, so that, that was for me, uh, the, the hang up is I, th I thought it was too expensive, but then I realized, okay, I could find various uh, hosting plans out there that are affordable, or there's even free ones out there. If, if uh, you don't mind signing your life away. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of options now you can podcast almost uh, just from your phone uh, mm -hmm. if you have a mobile device. So it, it's uh, it's a lot easier to do podcasting now than it's ever been. Uh, there are so many really good tutorials on YouTube uh, so getting started is actually not as brutal as it may feel. Um, but you have to take that step. You have to take, you have to believe in yourself. You have to be willing to try and, um, you know, don't, don't let the little thing stop you. If the quality is not that great, you know, don't worry about that right out of the gate. Just, uh, do the best you can with what you have. And, and then hopefully you can be in a position to grow it as it, as it continues to, uh, be something that you work on. Now, when you guys first had your first show, what kind of attendance did you have? Well, that's a funny story because our vision was very limited. We thought, <laughs> wouldn't it be amazing if we could have 200 people? <laughs> um, that was our thought. It was like, can you imagine 200 podcasters? That would be, oh my gosh, that would be huge. Um, and so that was our original goal was, and again, you got to remember, we, we weren't, uh, we were not, anybody at the time not that we're that big now but uh, at the time nobody knew who we were and we we were certainly not qualified to be doing a podcast conference uh, but we didn't let that stop us and we uh, put it out there and asked people that we were friends with at podcasts if they would support if they'd speak at it and um 
yeah, so we, we just did our best and <laughs> learned a lot of lessons, uh, you know, before and during, um, and, you know, we're able to have that first event and it, it went really well. And we ended up with 600 people, which was three times, uh, what we had thought would be, you know, our, our big win. Um, so maybe the lesson there Reed, is don't say so chef short, um, you know, you might think, oh, this, you know, I, I can't reach this certain goal. Well, you might not be able to right away, but you can over time or also appreciate uh, the ones that do support you. Sometimes uh, you may have a, a podcast episode and let's just say you had 20 people that listen to it and you're like, oh, 20, 20 downloads. That's nothing. You know, I, I feel embarrassed, but don't be embarrassed. I mean, if you, if you got up in front of a, a group of people in a room and spoke to 20 people, I mean, that that's not something to be ashamed of. That would be something uh, um, that would probably be intimidating for a lot of people. So it's, it's just, uh, you got to look at it from the right perspective and, and just be encouraged and really appreciate the people that do support you. And mm -hmm. I think what happens over time is as you, you do that, uh, more and more people hear about what you're working on and, um, that gives you an opportunity to grow. It doesn't guarantee it, but it, it definitely puts you in a position to, um, have more people talk about what you're doing and, and support you in that way. So if you're getting discouraged, uh, you feel like your numbers are not uh, maybe what you'd want them to be, uh, maybe try to rethink uh, that and, and say, okay, how do I really show appreciation for these people that are listening and, and get to know them, you know, mm -hmm. the best you can try to engage with them, whether it's, you know, on your social channels or, or on the podcast, you say, Hey, shoot me a quick email and just, you know, answer this one question. And some people will do it. They'll, they'll shoot you a quick email and they'll answer that question. And then you just reply to them. I've, I've done that on the podcast uh, many times. And next thing you know, I'm chatting with a person in, you know, some weird place that, you know, I had never, I, I would have never met them any other way. Uh, but they were gracious enough to reply to me uh, because I asked them to in the, the podcast episode. Uh, and so I, I had one guy write to me saying he was on an eight hour road trip and he listened to my past episodes for eight full hours. And I, I my mind was blown by that read because wow. I was like, my wife won't even listen to me for eight minutes. <laughs> I was like, how in the world did you listen to my podcast for eight hours? But there's people that will uh, if they're interested in it and you, you do good work. So. Um, you know, I got a lot of other stories like that, but I'll leave it at that. Uh, just, I think, uh, just be, be generous, be kind, uh, be appreciative of those who do care and, uh, kind of give them your love and attention, so to speak, and, and, uh, get to know them. And I think that that's a good place to, um, compound and, and see growth eventually is, is as people appreciate you in return, that, that reciprocity becomes, uh, an opportunity, uh, for you to, you know, get more visibility. So now do you think that people should focus on their numbers or do you think they should just focus on the show and the content? I think it depends on what your goal is for your podcast. So someone who says, okay, I just want to do a podcast just because I love a particular topic and I'm passionate about it. And it's something I care about uh, for that person. I would say, well, obviously don't worry about numbers. Uh, just, just do it because you love it. And because you love it, um, you know, even if the numbers are small, uh, you can, you can grow that eventually. Uh, but, but just really appreciate the people like we talked about that are listening. If, if you're doing it as a business, okay, I have a business and I want this podcast to be a part of my business and I want it to help me grow my business, then numbers is something you, you, you should, uh, be aware of. It shouldn't be something that, um, 
completely discourages you if it's not where you want it to be it just should be a mile marker so to speak so to speak it's just a way for you to um say okay if if uh, i've got this many people listening and i want it to be this number how do i start um you know setting up little goals along the way to start building and growing and there's a number of wonderful strategies and, and good ways to engage and and um you know, start to work toward that goal. And uh, so a lot of that you learn at podcast movement, a lot of that you, you can learn in our Facebook group, which is free. Uh, if you're not on Facebook, there's, there's plenty of uh, podcast tutorials and, and podcast communities out there. So you just start asking questions from other podcasters. Hey, how are you? How are you doing this? And a number of people are super kind. They'll tell you, like, well, here's something I tried. And you'd be like, oh, I like that idea. I'm going to try that too. Uh, so you really just don't be afraid to try stuff. All right. Um, how has your own podcast been going since you started it way back when? I, I still do it. Uh, I don't do it as regularly as I used to just because life gets in the way. I, I have other responsibilities that I didn't quite have in 2013, uh, you know, family responsibilities. I'm a dad, I'm a husband and, um, you know, home responsibilities. And, and then, of course, work responsibilities, business responsibilities. So, yeah, I'd love to tell you that uh, my show is, you know, one of the biggest shows on, uh, you know, on Spotify or on Apple. And, and of course it isn't because I'm not consistently doing the show like I used to. Uh, shame on me, but I still love the show. I'm mm -hmm. passionate about the show, so I don't quit the show. I still just put out episodes when I want to. And that's the beauty of podcasting. There's no rules. So it's okay if you miss a week. You, you know, you try not to. To, but you, or you tell your audience, hey, I'm, I'm going to be out of town this week or I've got this going on. And um, most of your listeners are pretty understanding. So for me, um, I've just realized it's not sustainable for me to just do a podcast, you know, multiple times a week. Like that's that's, that's just not where I'm at right now. Uh, but I still love my show and I still want to do my show. So I put it out when I can, as I can. And people still listen. So that's been my experience. I don't know that that will be true for everyone. And there's probably plenty of, of advice where people say, Oh no, you have to be consistent. Um, podcasting has no rules. So you can mm -hmm. choose when you want to publish and when you don't, there's nothing wrong with that. And if life happens and you aren't able to publish an episode for a little while, don't, don't beat yourself up. Just pick yourself back up and put out another episode. Um, unless you're tired of the topic and you're ready to uh, end that particular conversation or that show, uh, which is fine too. You have that option as well. So I, I think, uh, people take that stuff way too seriously. I think, uh, don't, uh, don't get frustrated if, um, you're not able to be as consistent as you want or, or have everything perfect. Uh, podcasting is so flexible and just embrace that and, and, you know, do it as you can. If that, you know, if you're not able to be as consistent as you want, just keep doing it as you can. I think that's, you know, one of the many advantages of podcasting. <laughs> so, but, so yeah, I still do my show and I, and it's not super consistent, but I, I still do it and I love it. Now, my last question to you is should people worry about getting a sponsor on their show or not, or should they just focus on putting out good quality content? Um, if, if you're trying to make money from a, a brand new podcast, and you don't have a big audience, that's going to be a, a, a challenging thing to do. Um, so I, I think probably your best bet is to, to focus more on the content and focus on just getting a, a body of work that you're proud of. And then um, once you have so many episodes and, and you have, you know, a little bit, 
even if it's not a huge listenership, you have some some people that are consistently listening. I think that's when you could start determining, okay, whether or not I have a sponsor, there's there's a lot of ways to monetize. It might not be sponsorship. It might be something like you create a digital product or you create some kind of service that based on the feedback of your listeners, you know, okay, I'm creating this um, this uh, support group, you know, and it's a, uh, it's a paid support group. And uh, if you pay X per month, you can be a part of this group. And we talk about these topics and we help each other. It could be something as simple as that. It could be a book. It could be, Hey, here's some lessons I've learned. I've interviewed all these different experts and um, I've taken, you know, what I've learned from these experts and I've, I've kind of put it, put it into, you know, a nice little book to, to be helpful. Um, so I've seen things like that happen. Um, uh, then there's some people that say, um, I have an audience and they want to support me. I don't really have a product and I don't really have enough listeners to get ads uh, at the moment. Um, so they ask their listeners for support. So that's where things like patreon.com come into mm-hmm. hand. There's, uh, and a number of other wonderful platforms where you can actually um, create different reward levels for your listeners and, and give them an option where, Hey, if you like the show and you want to support me in this, in this podcast endeavor, go over to this website. And um, we have these different tiers of uh, opportunities for you to support the show. And so there's a number of podcasters that make a living just from people supporting the show that listen. Um, one story that's really funny to me is, is a guy in Alabama and he told me several years ago, this was probably about three or four years ago. He told me, Hey, I'm going to start a podcast about, uh, this fake wrestling organization. And I'm just going to make it up. I'm going to make up the wrestlers and I'm going to create simulated wrestlers on a video game and, you know, do a simulated wrestling match. And I'm going to, you know, act like I'm, um, the, uh, <laughs> the commentator and, <laughs> and, and he was telling me all this stuff. And I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> good luck to you. Uh, and I saw him again a few years later, probably about three years later, and I just happened to ask him, uh, not not to be, you know, joking or anything, but I, I just asked him, I was like, hey, how's the wrestling podcast? And he's like, oh, man, he's like, I recently quit my job. I'm doing it full time. I was like, what? <laughs> he basically took the idea of a fake wrestling company and these simulated wrestlers that created on a video game. And he had enough listeners and he created a Patreon page where people were supporting the show through Patreon and it was enough money where he quit his job and, um, and now he does that full time. So that amazed me, Reed. I did not, I would not have guessed that that would have been successful, but you you know, he he did it in a way that was different and, you know, caught people's Mm -hmm. attention and was compelling and they support him for it. So yeah, there's lots of of unique ways you can uh, make money from your show. It's not just, uh, you know, Hey, I got to go get this advertiser. Uh, but once you, um, have a certain uh, number of episodes. You got a certain number of listeners. Advertisers are certainly an option. Even if you don't have a big listenership, there's still people that are interested. I know uh, buzzsprout.com. That's where I host my podcast. They have an option where um, it doesn't matter how many listeners you are. You can uh, put your um, show uh, in an option where ads can be added to the show. And then based on so many listens, you get paid a certain amount of money. So, um, my show has so many listeners, it's, it's not massive, but it's, it's okay. So I turned that feature on and the next thing you know, I made a little bit of money on my podcast just from them, uh, putting in some digitally inserted ads. And, um, I didn't have to do any work. (laughs) I just turned on this, this feature and buzzsprout next thing you know, I got, I got a little bit of money from it. Um, so it was like, Hey, that was pretty cool. Uh, so th- there's, there's ways to do 
Um, there's podcorn.com. That's another one. That's really good. That's, uh, you know, you don't have to have this massive audience. You can potentially uh, find advertisers through podcorn. So there, there's ways to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. the key I think is just to, to your point, be consistent, really put out good content, make that uh, more of a focus. And I think a lot of the things that you are interested in doing beyond that, whether it's monetization or, or otherwise, I think are possible as you continue to, to grow what you're doing and, and get better at it. And finally, where can people find out more about you, Jerk? Uh, for me personally, I, I, um, I mean, I'm on social media. You can find me on Twitter or, or you can find me on LinkedIn. I love to interact with people on LinkedIn. Uh, podcastmovement.com, of course, is our website, and that's where you can learn more about uh, things that are going on in the industry. You can subscribe to some of our newsletters about podcasting. And, of course, we have the um, free Facebook group, which is 75,000 people in the world that are interested in podcasting. And, and you can ask questions in there and get just so many really helpful answers. Um, so I love that community. And then of course we have events, uh, our next event is in Las Vegas and that is in March of 2023. That's the evolutions event and the podcast movement, 2023 event, which will be in August of 2023. That's going to be in Denver, Colorado. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we have events. We'd love for you to uh, consider coming to one of our events, or if you, you physically can't come to the event, we have a virtual ticket, a live streaming ticket where you can uh, still participate virtually. And uh, we're really proud of that as well. So we have a lot of number of ways for people to uh, jump in and be involved in the community. And we hope you, uh, people will check it out. And that's it, everyone. That's Jared Easley of Podcast Movement. So I'll see you on the next one, everybody. See you there. It's the way things used to be I'm no big fan of now I must have some sweeter memories Somewhere in the cloud Miss all you used to be Gonna miss all you had Consigned to the dustbins of history Like opinions from your dead Talk to the freaks. You can talk to just about anybody you happen to meet. 
It ain't what it was and it is what it is. 